This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Improve your health and well-being the natural way with The Medicine Man, next on Plains FM. Good morning, everybody. This is Mike McCammon, the Medicine Man. It's so great to be back on the radio here at um, Plains FM, and uh, I've got some, uh, some hopefully some useful information again today in these troubling times. You know, there's always trouble somewhere, but this time <laughs> seems pretty big. So, anyway, we'll um, we'll keep some good good information for you to. Um, so, if you if you um, have any friends that really want to hear about how to keep their immunity, you know, if you want anything to know about how to get a faster recovery when you're sick with anything, um, this is the program to listen to because I got some good stuff and and I've been doing this for what um, 40 years in practice now 40 years of clinical practice uh, as a naturopath and herbal medicine man so yeah come and listen to there might be a few pearls of wisdom so you know you can sort through the chaff and grain yourself I think most of what I've got is grain but um, well we'll listen to a song and uh, if you know anybody get them ready sit on the couch have a listen okay what the world needs now is love sweet It's the only thing that there's just too little love What the world needs now is love, sweet love No, not just for some, but for everyone Lord, we don't need another mountain
Well, nice to have you here. So um, my name's Mike McKimmon. I'm the medicine man. I've been talking on the radio for, you know, on Plains FM for some time now. Uh, it used to be every week, but with my commitments and, and my clinic, it went down to once a month. So here I am. This is the monthly talk. We're going to be talking about how to get um, a faster recovery if you get ill. So the information I'm imparting is kind of what I call universal information, and it is timeless information. So, you know, we could say we're in need of this information even more now than ever, but really the information I'm imparting has not really changed in the 40 years of my practice because it's all about building health and building an, a strong immune system. System. But I thought I'd start this, this talk today um, about a really nasty disease, just to give a little bit of perspective on things, you know, just because I don't want people living in fear, you know, it's, it's, it's not always a good emotion. The fear itself can make you sick. So I'd like to perhaps say, talk about something perhaps, dare I, dare I say, something really nasty that people used to have um, a couple of hundred years ago. And I'll, I'd like to describe this particular nasty disease. So it starts with the skin, just begins to break. You know, it starts with a little few blood blisters and then it sort of turns into full scale ulcers. Well, you gum, the gums begin to putrefy and they actually turn black. Amazing enough, your gums, the gums turn black. Um, your bones, even if you've had a previous break, they actually re-break anything. Even old scars start opening up with this disease. Um, and inside the arteries and capillaries actually begin to decay. Believe it or not, this is all happening internally. And it's happening slowly. It's so really nasty. So blood leaks into the muscle. Sorry about all this, but it's important that you know this. The blood leaks into the muscle and coagulates inside the arteries. It causes a terrible cardiovascular damage. Uh, and the effect of this on the brain was that you could have seizures or aneurysms at any moment. In other words, you could die of a stroke at any time. You can get really nasty headaches. Um, and, and your dreams become incredibly vivid. And what these dreams produce to you is an image so exact so brilliant of what the body actually needs, namely food, <laughs> when you wake up or when all your hallucinations disappears and you find the food is not there or the food that you need is not there, you're totally devastated and eventually your body turns to mush and you hemorrhage and you die. Can you think of a nasty disease? Now, you know, millions of people died of this disease. It was called scurvy. And sailors, you know, and on a long voyage, that was a, a voyage of more than a couple of months, like a three-month uh, voyage, they would lose a third of the crew of this horrible disease. And um, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite serious. This is, we, we still have cases of scurvy, though it's very rare, but we do have cases of subclinical scurvy. And that's another thing, again, that maybe I can talk about on another show. But, but here's the rub. Do you know what cured it in a remarkable short period of time? Can you guess? Of course you can, but some of you won't guess, just in case you've forgotten the lessons of history. A lemon. <laughs> or an orange. It was called vitamin C, and, and Captain Cook knew all about it, though he didn't know it was called vitamin C, but he put um, fermented cabbage on the ship, you know. And, and guess what? The crew just about mutinied. We're not going to eat this rotting cabbage. And they thought that was just slop they're giving to the to the crew and the captains would be having all the good stuff. So Cook, to, to, to basically prevent a, 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 um, a catastrophe on his ship, he, he moved his uh, table out with all his officers and showed all the crew that um, 
they ate this sauerkraut, right, this rotting cabbage too. And um, I don't think Cook uh, lost a single man on his voyages. He may have lost one some way, but I'm not sure exactly. But uh, Captain Cook himself, the most proud achievement that he said before he died was not circumnavigating the globe and doing all that incredible discoveries, making all those incredible maps. It was the um, the results he got from saving millions of lives from scurvy. He was very proud of that achievement. He didn't seem to be overly fussed about his other achievements, apparently, um, because we know kind of there was a little bit of fallout from, from some of those things, like natives being shot and all that. <laughs> well, not so much fun. But um, so anyway, the, the, the point of that little story is there's a huge number of illnesses um, go, going back thousands of years that were actually illnesses of nutrition and lifestyle. Um, and and um, it, it, I'm not sure if it's still the same because uh, of all the, the internet and so forth, but up till a few years ago, uh, the body of, in all the literature of the world, the, the largest body of literature was actually about herbal medicine. And if you can get yourself a medical textbook dating before 1912, you'll find it's full of herbal medicine. Um, and there was a class of herbalists, or sorry, of doctors that would use herbs and, and drugs at the same time, and they were called the eclectics. And there's some incredible encyclopedic knowledge of um, how herbs work, and they borrowed from all the cultures in the world in America, it was the American Indians, and of course some of the herbs that American Indians have used have been incredibly powerful for immune boosting, such as Echinacea, purple clone flower, as they called it, it's a beautiful flower, and it has some chemicals in it that stimulate T-cells, and what do T-cells do? They help um, to destroy any cell that's infected with viruses, and this is, so there's a, a number of um, these, these plants, there's hundreds of them, if not thousands of them, that do actually have antiviral properties. And it's just too exhaustive to go through them all. But, you know, I've, I've talked about a number of them. And uh, I've talked about some that are actually in your kitchen cupboard, like, like ginger and cinnamon, um, star aniseed, black pepper, uh, turmeric, all these things. If you, What I'm going to encourage you to do, which I've been doing for many, many years now, um, is to encourage you to use more spices. And one of the best herbs to use at the moment, and it's so easy to grow, is oregonum. It's got wonderful anti-viral anti, um, properties. And load up your salads with, um, with oregonum leaves. They're just brilliant. They're very tasty. You've got a nice pungent, sort of a pungent and sweet flavour. Um, and you can put that in there. You can also put things like nasturtium flowers in there. Um, the nasturtium leaf, by the way, has got more vitamin C, I think, than any other plant. So it has a peppery flavour, but that's the vitamin C. And you just put a leaf or two of, of nasturtium leaves in the salad. You can put some flowers in there. That makes the salad look incredible. Chop up your spring onions and um, put thyme, rosemary, sage, and especially oregonum in the salad, along with all your tomatoes and lettuce. And, the, and what you've got is a medicine bowl. It's this incredible thing that's loaded with all these phytochemicals that the plant itself produces to kill viruses. Isn't that wonderful? They, the, plant, the plants themselves actually produce chemicals that kill bacteria, viruses, and fungi. If they didn't do that, you might get a plant there and they wouldn't even be able to grow because the soil is full of, of pathogens. Pathogens, these are things that kill you. And they can kill plants just as fast as they can kill us. So over millions of years, plants actually evolved 
chemical warfare. And, and, and even now, uh, approximately 75% of all medications of all pharmacy um, is actually based on plants. You know, valerian was based, basically the idea of valerian came from, sorry, of valium came from valerian. Um, white willow bark is aspirin. Uh, the wild yam came from uh, the Atrobrium Islands uh, as, a, as a birth control pill. They know all about plants for birth control. And even the ancient Egyptians knew about birth control. They also had tests that they knew when a woman was pregnant, just a urine test. These were 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago, they knew this stuff. And and as a herbalist, what I one of my passions is to pass on the knowledge of the ancients because it's been tried and true. In fact, dare I say, dare I say, it's the longest clinical trial in history. And it is the scientific method because, you know, if, if Granny was sick and they tried this plant and it killed Granny, they weren't going to use the plant again, were they? And we've got hundreds and hundreds of years of, 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 of um, the scientific method. And what is, let's get clear, what is the scientific method? It's real common sense, but it's first of all, having a very keen sense of observation, really, really getting any sort of brainwashing out of your head and clearing your mind and looking back and saying, okay, we have this problem. Granny has um, a lung condition. Let's say she's just got lots of mucus and snot, okay? And Granny's getting pretty old, but, you know, we're going to want to see if we can save her. And um, we, we've tried this plant here. It's pungent. And the last time I ate it, I sort of, I noticed my stuffy nose went away. So I'm going to crush this plant up. And it might might be um, it might be an nasturtium leaf. Who knows? But also the leaf of comfrey, interesting enough, looks like lung tissue. You know, I've I've I've, I've decided, dissected enough buffalo now, you know, and woolly mammoths to to see what lung tissue looks like. And it's amazing that it just looks a little bit like the leaf of the comfrey. But anyway, let's just put that in a bit of hot water and a gourd, and we'll heat that up with a bit of nasturtium leaf, and. Um, we might pick a herb or two or something else and let's get her to drink this and oh, and then and granny and granny gets better. Well, isn't that interesting? So I wonder if, um, you know, if somebody else gets the same thing. So if you're going generations and generations, eventually a body of knowledge, knowledge happens. So first of all, this keen sense of awareness of your natural environment. And of course, early Paleolithic hunters and gatherers, if they weren't really tuned in with the environment, um, they're going to be dead. <laughs> and the problem we've got today is we're all mollycoddled. We've got our TV and we've got central heating and all this sort of stuff. And we're losing our basic instinct. Now, this is kind of a serious thing, and it's happening very slowly, but we've got to the point where it's almost endemic now. We're losing this kind of common sense of standing back without, you know, just just looking at your own instincts to say, mm, now, does this actually make sense? Does, does history, let's look at history, does this make sense from a point of view of history? Uh, and does this make actually sense? Does it feel right, you know? And um, let's give it a try if it's not going to kill us. Well, I have to say, I, I've heard a rumour, but as far as I know, in the entire history of this planet, um, especially in New Zealand, that no one has actually, no, nobody died from a herbal remedy. Um, somebody said there's two people have, but I don't believe it, and I'd like to hear anybody that, that can prove that. Basically, the herbal medicine is very, very safe. It's, that's the only thing you can say is safe, uh, especially the ones that have become body of knowledge and are in common use to this day. So about 75% of the world's population still use herbal medicine as their primary means of health care, and I think that's a good thing, you know. Uh, best thing is, of course, use both sides of the fence. So anyway, a keen sense of observation, and then you need a hypothesis. 
I wonder, because of this, I've tried it before and it got rid of my snotty nose, I wonder if it would work for Granny's deeper infection. Hmm, I wonder. Let's just think that this particular plant might be good for a respiratory infection. Well, let's just grind it up or we'll put it in some hot water and give Granny and we'll try it. And oh, that's funny. It, and it worked. Okay, well, uh, okay, but that's just one person. Let's try it on lots of people, and lots and lots and lots of people over time. And uh, oh, that's interesting. It works every time. And so our hypothesis is proven. And then you've got to try it again and again. So it's it's observation, uh, experimentation, approving, and then a hypothesis eventually becomes a diagnosis. As a herbalist, we never diagnose, right? Because that's the role of the doctor. We don't diagnose. All we want to do is to get a strong immune system. But we understand there are certain herbs that are pungent that work on you know, clearing out mucus. We understand certain herbs have a laxative quality. We know that certain herbs have a building quality. And we know that certain herbs have an immune stimulating quality. And that's what we do. And that's what I've done for like 40 years. And I've seen, what, 30,000 30, patients so far. And course I'm about not to see them but but um, uh, it's more about education for me I love to just tell people the good news let's get some practical information let's cut to the chase what's some good stuff what's got vitamin C in it well all citrus kiwi fruit all the berries leafy greens broccoli um, Brussels sprouts at least it'll stop you getting scurvy and that I can say for sure but remember there there are subclinical cases of scurvy in other words if you bruise easily okay um, but remember that vitamin C is a really important component of um, of how how the immune cells work, they actually need vitamin C to work. But vitamin C is also helps the collagen in your body, helps your tissues stay together, so you don't turn into jelly. Uh, the other one is sunlight. Vitamin D is incredible. The T cells need vitamin D as well. So safe sun exposure, at least fifteen minutes of the sun, is, can cause miracles. You know, your immune system goes way up just by having sun exposure. Uh, sardines are loaded with um, vitamin D, and I love sardines. My favourites are those King Oscars, but it mustn't tell anybody because I want them all myself. You know. um, the other thing is uh, salmon is rich in vitamin C and mushrooms if you're a vegetarian. If you're a veggie, so all the veggies out there, make sure you rip into those mushrooms. You know, go to, the, go to the, uh, a good old market. You'd even get medical mushrooms and there's all sorts of things. Lion's mane and there's Jew's ear, all sorts of weird mushrooms, reishi mushrooms. They, they, um, they have medicinal qualities too. The other thing is the zinc. Zinc's apparently really important for tissue uh, function but also good for the immune system and the immune cells when they work they need zinc so does um, the mitochondria of the cells that's the powerhouse of the cell it needs to run with zinc and so um, you know that's, a, that's an important uh, it's a common deficiency too particularly those that don't have much of a sense of taste if you don't have much of a sense of taste you may actually be low on zinc or if you've got little flecks in the nails that, uh, zinc is involved in that not entirely but that zinc's part of the issue you'll get zinc from red meat shellfish you'll get it from pumpkin seeds so if you're a veggie you can get zinc from your pumpkin seeds your sunflower seeds legumes and, and cashew nuts but I'd be careful with cashew nuts because I've also got this nasty toxin called lectin which for some people just knocks holes in your gut. So if you've got gut problems, particularly pain or cramping, avoid nuts and then cashews are the worst. And the other thing that's really on the rage lately, but of course naturopaths have been doing this for years, 
um, well over 100 years is, is probiotics, that um, part of the immune system, in fact, the main part of the immune system is actually in your gut. It's, it's your gut flora, and you need really good probiotics. So natural yogurt, sauerkraut, kefir is a really great one for those people that can't handle dairy that well. Kefir seems to moderate it and make it easier. There's kimchi and there's miso, and I love miso soup. I've always got a, got a packet of miso in the fridge there, so it can make a quick soup, and um, they've got your probiotics. So um, the other one is a really interesting chemical called quercetin, and uh, that is also good for the immune system too. And there's red onions, capers, red grapes, berries, citrus, even honey's got some, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Um, and then, of course, you've got to think about B12 and uh, mushrooms loaded with B12. Um, and what else? B12, eggs, egg yolks, cheese, right? I'm not sure about lentils, but basically make sure you get your B12. What I like to do is have a little um, palmful of, of um, liver, lamb's liver or something like that, just a little bit once a week. Make sure you get your B12 because the highest source of B12 is actually, um, I think it's, um, uh, yes, it's be liver. It would be liver. So just a little bit of liver and it's cheaper chips. Um, Omega-3 is another one. You'll get that from mackerel, salmon, herring, sardines again. Um, and get your, your flavonoids, of course, which goes with your vitamin C, and your lemons and your oranges. And in terms of supplements, I think um, supplements are, uh, are very well, um, uh, they're important to use today um, because our diet is very deficient and our soils are deficient in zinc, selenium and iodine. And even though your silver beet may look really, you know, lush, it doesn't have near the amount of iron that um, that a silver beet, say, from my garden would have, because my garden's full of seaweed and worm pea and all sorts of stuff, and my rich silver beet is probably, well, I know that it's uh, much, much higher in nutrients than, than um, supermarket plants, but if you don't have an organic garden or you can't get to the farmer's markets on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning, uh, all veggies are good regardless, so... Um, but a good supplement to take, but more so in the wintertime, is vitamin D3, and that's cod liver oil. You can get a spray as well, and it's just a couple of sprays, but um, you need at least 2,000 international units of vitamin D a day. That's important. With zinc, about 30 milligrams a day. Vitamin C, 500 to 1,000 milligrams a day. Of course, as, as a naturopath, what I do is I try to get as much of this in food and in herbs. For example, um, let's take zinc. Echinacea just happens to be rich in zinc. Um, and we've got other plants that are rich in various nutrients. So I try to get these supplements in plant form because I just love plants and they love us. So um, the, the thing about eating plants is I, what I might say is that... Um, that herbs, in particular herbs, uh, are, are kind of wild and free. They're, they're unhybridized. They haven't sort of been bred um, or like like our other vegetables. So the herbs themselves, like origami, thyme, parsley, echinacea, golden seal, you know, licorice, all these things that we use, but I use about 300 different herbs in my practice. But the thing is that herbal medicine is concentrated nutrition and they are wild and free now. And I'm pretty serious about this, but I, I, I believe that the more that you eat these wild herbs, you become wild and free yourself. And there's nothing better than being wild and free, don't you think? So remember, the scientific method is actually not a comp. You're, you don't have to be a scientist to be to use the scientific method because it's actually this this rare commodity called uh, common sense. Remember, it's you, you, you stand back from any silly idea 
idea that anybody gave you, no matter whether it's an expert or a twit, just stand back, clear your brain of all preconceived ideas and look from a distance at the situation, right? And the next thing you do is you have a hypothesis. I wonder if what would happen if this, and you ask yourself, does history prove it? Does it, make, does it actually make sense? And do I get a really good gut feeling about this? And if you do, well, go for it. And of course, you might say I'm biased, but it's based on the, the scientific method I've been doing this for my entire career is is and, and I tell you the amount of stuff I've thrown down the sink is mind-boggling but I've been left with a few treasures and all I want to do I have no other agenda I just want to tell you the good news that nature knows best in my opinion in my humble opinion so if you need to contact me I'm easy to contact it's just Christchurch 03332 1786 or my website is www.nzherbal.com so this is Mike McCammon on Plains FM it's lovely to talk to you and uh, enjoy yourself and be kind to everybody won't you you know short even short people okay love you all bye bye <laughs>